and welcome to this special Renegade recording of Cultural Capital. I'm Andy Hazel. I'm Anders Furs. And I'm Joanna Dimitia. Wait, what? You're not Eloise Ross. (laughs) What's going on? No, I'm not. (laughs) No, we would like to welcome a very special guest, Jodie Mattia, who's covering for Ello, who's still in France. I think she's in Paris at the moment. Possibly Chantilly. She's in London. She's not. Is she? Thank you. She's not here. Anyway, she's living La Vida European. (laughs) Um, But thankfully, we're joined by Jo, who is a wonderful critic and contributor to many publications, including but not limited to Senses of Cinema, The Monthly, The Acme Blog, in a lonely place. You've written for the um, Acme's Alice in Wonderland exhibition catalogue. Joe, you're all over the place. I am. You are ubiquitous. I am Melbourne. The ubiquitous JDM. Yes, definitely one of the most high profile freelance <laughs> film um, journalists in the country at the moment, and it's an honour to have you here. It is absolutely an honour. To Thank discuss. You for it's an honour for me to be on my favourite Melbourne based podcast once again. Thank you. It's very kind for you Thank to you say so. so. There is a lot of competition. But let's get to the point of why we're here. It's the MIF program launch. This uh, is one of our most excitable <laughs> moments in the film calendar yes. for the cultural capital. We are we have made our, let's not beat about the bush. We've made our name for our coverage of MIF, and this is where it all kicks this off. This is the only episode every year that people listen to. Yeah, statistically, it's a very strong number. The yes. pressure's on then. So let's um, <laughs> yes, you're broadcasting to an audience of at least. 20 to 30 people. So welcome, Joe. Yep. No, no, hundreds, hundreds. Hundreds, yes. Um, so this year marks the end of the decade-long reign of our MIFS artistic director, Michelle Kerry, and the introduction of new artistic director, Al Kassar. Can I just pull you up on a brief technicality? Uh, Michelle Kerry has been involved in MIF for 10 years, but she's been artistic director for eight. Thank you. No worries. This is what we're all about here. Yep. Um, facts. Uh, yes, but yes, Al Kassar um, is the new... Film programmer, uh, head of programming coming from next year onwards. And he was on stage with Michelle in a kind of passing of the cinematic baton. It was baton. very much a passing of the baton. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It was good. I mean, for a minute we thought Ethan Hawke was coming out on stage when they said she had a special guest. But um, it was Al Yeah. <laughs> so it was, you know, not a disappointment. It was not Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Um, we also heard that we've got a new venue this year, the Regent Theatre. Yes. And there was an audible um, sigh of relief as people unclenched their buttocks that were still <laughs> tense from sitting on the comedy theatre's seats from last year. Although yeah. don't get too excited, folks. The comedy theatre is returning it's as a screening venue. A However, there are several films from the Headliners program in particular, I think, that are screening at the Regent Theatre and the opening night film, yep. which is Paul Dano's directorial <laughs> debut. What's it called? Wildlife. Wildlife. Based starring on a novella by Richard Ford. Yes, correct. And, and starring, starring Carrie Mulligan. People have already been talking about, you know, it's very early on, but, you know, awards talk. If, the, if Wildlife is, can be a high life profile, she'll certainly be in contention because apparently her turn in this film is remarkable. Mm. Well, I'm dying to see that. So and it got a lot of attention at Sundance yeah, and was okay. completely ignored at Cannes. But here we are. So we'll and be very interested in this. Interesting that this is the first time in many years where Myth has not gone with a locally yes. funded film. Usually, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's been this trend towards films that Myth themselves have financed through their production fund. But Premier's this is fund, the, their premiere fund. But this is the first time... In yeah. a long time. I think if, for, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, the very first year I started going to MIF was 2000 and that oh. year the opening night film was Curtis Hansen's Wonder Boys. Right, okay, well, yeah. And I think that was the last international picture. Um, Interesting. I will pick you up on that because I was volunteering no? in 2006. Okay. I think it was when Michael Moore's Sicko opened. Of course. Because I showed um, the Lord Mayor John Cho to his seat. 
Show is my bro. Hashtag show is my bro. Um, I, I remember him. He was yeah, great. So anyway, didn't go that year. No, there's no night. it yeah. was not a particularly memorable <laughs> year, yeah. I don't think, apart from <laughs> that. Apart from the volunteers party. But this is, uh, in general, this is In general, it's usually a showcase. Yes. And this yeah, yeah. year, unless I'm mistaken, the, it was meant to be a cute misfortune as the opening, as a miss opening night until oh. a f- about a month or so ago. But again, this is all off the record, like <laughs> gossipy stuff that and was never confirmed. on the record now. And on the record <laughs> For the purposes of Interesting. this Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, but speaking of acute misfortune, that is getting a screening. Certainly is. In the festival. Speaking I'm very intrigued funds. by this film because it's based on a true story. It's based on Eric Jensen's book, which I really like. Uh, yeah, you he won't often hear a bad word about was, it. What, 19 or something? Yeah, so the film covers him, his life from 19 to 21 while living with Adam Cullen in Adam Cullen's property, yes. I think, is in the Blue Mountains or outside yes, of Sydney. Yes, yes. Adam Cullen being a sort of bad boy artist. Eric Jensen being the editor of the the like Wunderkind like twelve year old who's the editor of the Saturday paper, <laughs> former ed- editor in chief of the Saturday paper. Anyway, so um, oh, Schwartz Media as of last week, he's yes. also the editor in chief of the Monthly now as well. Uh, and your boss and my boss. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Hello, Eric. If you're listening, you're almost definitely not the Melbourne art scene. It's um, it's a thing. It's all very. Yeah. It's a scene. Anyway, so um, Eric wrote this quite. I I think it's a quite interesting book, reflection of his time meeting a very sort of troubled artist. Really, it made for a fan. Fantastic book. I'm very curious to see what this mm. is like. The trailer is promising, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. The score is by Melbourneian musician Evelyn Morris, and their uh, score is extremely atmospheric and very interesting. I got to see a reel of locations that they were going to shoot like about 18 months ago. They, were, they just went around and shot the locations they were going to use, and then they put Evelyn's music over it. Mm. Oh, it was really, really atmospheric straight okay. away. But what was interesting and what I was not expecting was the sense of comedy that we got from the trailer, yes. which was really nice. I yes. was like, and the whoa, okay. Did laugh. The thing I love about the book is it's such an interesting portrait of, um, I mean, you know, basically the blah, 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 but also the Sydney art scene and that weird sort of the establishment, Australian establishment, which I find really weird and a bit gross, but mm. I love to devour anything relating to the Australian establishment. So this is very much within that vein. Should yes. I read the book first, Anders, before I see the movie? Ah, oh. I'd say it's a great book. Yeah. I really do recommend reading the book. It only takes you a couple of days to read. It's quite short. Cool. Um, and it's got a really funky cover. I think he's a great writer and he wrote that when he was 19 or something. A coffin is surprisingly heavy. That's the opening line. It's a good opening line. It's a bloody good opening line. Yeah. And it's the first of many great lines in yeah. that film. Yeah. Yeah. What does that say? Um, that everything in my life ends up in work. People try to elevate themselves and transcend, uh, but there's absolutely nowhere to go. It's better if we just go down, because you don't know shit until you live it. Uh, until then, it's just a fucking, fucking idea. idea. Anyway, that's a cute misfortune. That's a cute misfortune, yeah. That what will else? almost definitely sell out. What other Australian films are we interested in this well, year? Well, this evening, I, know, I don't think any film in the room is better received than The Merger. The Merger, yes, yes. Which seems to be, I've straight away got a very Taika Waititi vibe from the comedy of it, because it's... It's a it's a castle esque style yeah. satire on Australian masculinity and Australian masculine institutions like AFL teams, but in this case we're getting comedy like it was bristling with comedy. There was like every five ten ten seconds there was another gag about a very low level football club AFL fo- football club are going to get all this money if they manage to incorporate refugees because there's these various programs for incorporating mm. like refugees into social 
institutions like sporting clubs. So it becomes a clash of satire, like a multicultural clash, it would seem. Anyway, this is the impression that I got from the trailer and the audience reacted very yeah. positively to this. I think that was partly down to the fact that a lot of the people involved in making the movie were there. But um, yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It was funny. It was yep. confidently played. Yeah, like I can't really remember in a local comedy that I've found. We were racking recently. our brains earlier. <laughs> yeah. Well, this seemed good. It, fe- it felt like um, really that and all the trailers that we saw for the Australian films, they looked like a really good crop of Aussie movies this year. Yeah, it was uncommonly strong, yeah. I thought. Mark Rentel is the director <coughs> of The Merger. And stars uh, internet comedian sensation Goxie, who you may know from his like persona as like a sort of bogany oh, no, Australian kind of like guy from a country. Yeah, he's like very sort of Facebook famous, I guess. Um, John yeah, Howell from Sea Change was also. That's right. in yes, it's good to see him again. Yes, <laughs> John Howell. Forgotten he existed. <laughs> you as a club need to decide: merge or fold. You can't just force us into a merger. What's a merger? Oh, it's when one shit team joins up with another shit team to make a slightly less shit team. You can get quadruple your funding by accessing grants to employ refugees for the rebuild. What good are club rooms if we don't have a team? These both can swing a hammer. I reckon they can kick a footy, yeah? Other films include West of Sunshine, uh, Happy Sad Man, Genevieve Bailey's documentary about depression in men and their various representations and individualisation of depression. Um, Miranda Nation, is an, her film Undertow looked quite strong and everyone has been talking about Strange Colours, which is directed by Elena Lotkina. Yeah, lots of recommendations for mm. that. Yeah, cool. It looks visually really interesting and not like what one would expect. Yes, uh, well, that's exciting. I'm yeah. really keen for this documentary, The Eulogy. God. It's directed by Janine Hosking. Thank you. Directed Sorry. by Janine Hosking. Thank yeah. you. A- Inspired by Prime Minister Paul Keating, who gave a former Prime Minister Paul Keating, who gave this sort of searing 45-minute eulogy for the pianist Geoffrey Tozo, who sort of died at an unnaturally young age. And many people claim him to be the great, like one of, if not the greatest pianist of the 20th century. Like, there's a lot of praise for this guy and his mm. piano playing, including from Keating himself. So this in this film, uh, he's been brought, Paul Keating has been brought on board and he re-enacts this um, long eulogy that he gave. So it's an interesting premise for mm. a film. I'm very interested to see what all the hype about this piano player is about, just in terms of contemporary politics too. I think from that lens, it'll be an interesting film as well. Very curious about this movie. Yeah, it seems to have something interesting to say about the state of the um, political interest and funding for the arts. Yes. Which hasn't really changed since Keating has been out of office. Well, worse, it seems. Um, it, It did play very well in the room. Yes, um, did, the brief that. footage of of Keating chastising the opposition got the, probably the biggest laughs of the night of anything, uh, and so I almost feel like you could make a documentary about him, just yeah. his various insults. But this does seem like a particularly strong um, match of characters. Like the footage of the of uh, Toza playing was very striking as well. I thought so. I would imagine this would have a long life after myth. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. He's probably the finest pianist of the 20th century. Jeffrey stood so far above the crowd that there wasn't room for anybody else. Jeffrey Toza's death is a national tragedy. 
It's a massive cultural loss, the kind of loss people felt when Germany lost Dresden. If anyone needs a case example of the bitchiness and preference within the Australian arts, here you have it. Other Australian films I thought that stood out included Island of the Hungry Ghosts, J.B.L. Brady's uh, movie about Christmas Island uh, detainees and crab migration. Uh, Heath Davis's book week also went down quite well. Uh, somebody who seems to have been an irascible enfant terrible and now is just a boring old man and a bit, and a bit <laughs> gross. Uh, and that seems like it might capture the zeitgeist as well. Yes, exactly, exactly. Men behaving badly. Yeah, mm. exactly. When does sort of cheeky larrikinism descend into seedy unpleasantness? Uh, sooner and sooner, it would seem. Well, we, it's a question you could <laughs> yes. apply to certain cultural <clears throat> figures. Mm. Anyway, mm. the um, moving on. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, Celeste by Bang Hackworth, starring Rada Mitchell. It's a world premiere. It's at MIF. Looks yeah. also quite interesting. And also, one of the films that wasn't mentioned, but I think was part of the early announcements, which I think people should try to see, is um, the NFSA restoration of The Cheaters. Oh, is that the 1929 movie? Yeah, 1929 silent film directed by Paulette McDonough, and it's one of the earliest Australian movies. And the earliest directed by a woman. So apparently they've found, somehow found a nitrate print and have restored that. So I'm going to get to that wow. one. Wow. There should be a how did we find this film documentary. Yeah, there probably is. Good. On its okay. way. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I've never even heard of that film before. Tonight they began, they kicked off things with the headliner section. Um, which is because they also because also Miff did announce it was an unprecedentedly large amount of films from Cannes. 43 titles I think they managed to pick up from the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. And they kicked off proceedings with Mattel Garone's Dogman, uh, who's best known for making Gamora, this sprawling um, Napoli crime epic. Um, Li Chang Dong's Burning, which uh, was very, very warmly received in Cannes. Um, did you guys have any interest in seeing these films? Uh, yeah, I do. I really liked Gamora. Um, and I, I just have an interest in Italian films anyway, um, particularly contemporary ones, because... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on over there. Um, so I'll definitely see that. I'm not 100% sure about Burning because um, while I've heard mixed reviews and I wonder if it's – well, you were saying that the, the trailer yeah. presents it as a lot more energetic than it really is. But, I mean, I like slow films, so I think I, I'd probably – if I can fit it in, I'll go see it. But the, yeah, the film I was most excited about from um, that group was definitely Cold War, which is the new film from Pavel Palakowski, um, who directed the Oscar-winning Ida. It's mm. just um, the trailer is so seductive. It's, you know, black and white film and the actress is um, playing a jazz singer and it just seems very swoony and pretty much made for me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. I don't really want to know anything else about the narrative beyond that. It just drew me in image-wise yeah. and sound-wise. <laughs> Um, I'm particularly excited to see Jafar Panahi's Three Places. Um, which is straight from Cannes. Um, his fourth film since the Iranian regime banned him from making films. And this is a guy who's 
I mean, it's quite unbelievable. He smuggled a, his 2011 documentary. Um, oh, this is not a film. That's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, he smuggled that out of the country uh, on a USB drive, stuck inside a cake. Like yeah. this is a guy who's driven to make movies. Yeah. So um, I think he deserves an audience. So great to see three screenings of that mm. in. Um, not all at the comedy, which is great too. Um, <laughs> so that's good. Um, really interested to check out this Happy as Lazaro. I know nothing about it, but I was really enticed mm. by the trailer. Mm. Um, it's actually rocketed to the top of my watch list, to be on. Uh, to be honest. Um, and Hirokazu Koreeda's Shoplifters yeah. too. Is, Goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Interesting to see their screening. Gaspar Noe's Climax, which has split audiences. <laughs> is he an agent provocateur with no purpose? Or what, what, where do we, how do we I feel I think he's an agent him? provocateur with a really good cinematographer because he always looks so stunning. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really matter what you think of the content. It's like, oh, my God, he's thought about this, he's framed it, he's planted it, he's lit it, and it looks amazing. And even if he's doing it for purient reasons, it's still... You can put it on the wall and go, yeah, that's pretty beautiful. Yeah. I think I agree with you there, but I just don't know whether I want to see this. But again, yeah, I was kind of enticing trailer. I was seduced it? by the trailer <laughs> again. I was seduced a few times tonight, and that one did get me. But, but I was seduced by Enter the Void's opening credits, and then oh, we all held by the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm worried that this will end up happening to me again. It's not too long though, so maybe we could endure it at 95 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Nothing. Good point. Although it is at the comedy. Um, but I reckon we could spend our time better seeing You Were Never Really Here Finally. <gasps> yes. Which was, seems to be the movie I thought was never coming to Australia. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah it's great to finally see it, even if Sydney got to see it first. Uh, <laughs> damn you, Sydney. Um, <laughs> interesting Sydney. to see, too, that a lot of these headliner films get getting free screenings in a festival. Yes. As opposed to, to just two. two. Yeah, yeah. And, and then if you're standard. lucky, you get a last night surprise screening. Yeah, exactly. So that's interesting. Yeah. They seem to be putting on more screenings. I suspect um, MIF has been responding to uh, member feedback, which is always wonderful. <laughs> uh, yes. people are, I'm well, sure people are well, very strident in their opinions. Particular, they're quite strident, particularly about the comedy theatre. It's become a bit of a thing. Yes, yeah. it's become a cause celeb. Um, personally, I'm excited about Birds of Passage because that's the follow-up to our 2016 film of the year, Embrace yeah. of the Serpent, from Chiro yes. Guerra and Christina Gallego. Yes, yes, yes. So I missed that at Cannes, but I heard good things about that. And I am also heard very good things about Happy Lazaro, and that's mm. also on the top of my must-see list for this year's myth. Have either of you seen either of Alice War? War Wash's previous films? No. No, never. Mm. But I've heard, yeah, they looked fantastic. The yeah. trailer alone for her earlier films makes me go, well, how did I miss these? They yeah. look so striking. She's a really great filmmaker. And her sister, Alba, is um, in I Am Love by Luca Guadagnino. She plays the daughter, Tilda's daughter. Fantastic. So okay. It's just mm. a bit of Thank you for film that. gossip for you. Thank <laughs> you. Joe, bring in the goods. Yeah. I'm particularly keen for this. New Voices from China sidebar. Oh, yeah. Because this is honestly a cinematic landscape that I sort of know very little about. I see, I've, I've seen quite a few contemporary Chinese films and um, enjoy them, but I'm not following it as much as I think I should. So I'm literally going to get, if I can, uh, get into a ticket to get a ticket to each of these five films to the screening mm. as part of that program. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, Girls Always Happy by Yang Ming Ming looked yeah. really good and Old Beast by Zhu Ziyun. Yes, also, that looks great too. That looks um, really interesting. That won like all these awards at Taiwan's Golden Horse Film Festival, so mm. I'm very keen for that. It's always great to immerse yourself in one of those small sidebars. I, yeah, you know, when I, there's like three, four, five films and just, you know, this is 
if it, particularly if it's an area of cinema you know nothing about, it's can be really surprising. And but also in con- subsequent conversations, you're an instant expert. That's right. Because you saw exactly. everything. You're across it. Yeah. Well, and also, um, I mean, that's what the sidebars are sort of curated for. Yeah. Like, it can be easy to forget that there is a sort of curatorial process behind that. So if you mm. watch these films, you get, you know, you make connections. There's a reason, there's a deliberate reason why these films are being yeah. screened together. And you've watched them all. You can make those connections. So that's a wonderful thing about Myth. The other really interesting um sidebar this year in terms of international film is the um, African films retrospective that they're doing, which uh, is the first I can remember anyway in recent years. Yeah, I think so. Devoted to um, the cinema from Africa. Yeah, there have been a few um, films here and there from West Africa usually, but this year is the first time they've singled it out as a specific target for a retrospective. So this year we've got Chronicle in the Year of Embers, which looks really strong, and then Flame, which is a film about female uh, armed activists. And that yeah, it's also, controversial apparently. Yeah, apparently I'm sure I'm sure it is. You give a woman a gun and it's going to be controversial. <laughs> what would myth be without a controversial film? Or well, five? speaking of controversy, I mean, I'm not, so I don't well, want to move on from African films too far, too quickly because this is a whole part of the world and this is one of the great gifts you get from myth is these insights into these parts yeah. of the world you don't often usually get to see. But also we get the um, the night night shift screening, and so there's also a very very notable reaction to the Nick Cage film Mandy, which played at Cannes, and I was like, oh, do I want to go and see this? I kind of do, but also there's like literally 50 things I want to see more than Nick Cage. Nick Cage, Nick Cage get um get do a Nick Cage impersonation. But yes. this does actually, having looked at the trailer now, looks really visually striking and kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, in a very violent very kind of way. And the reviews were great as well. The, the cage of fun, I don't know, I'm... Uh, yeah, whatever. To me, it feels like a bit of a gimmick. 737 minutes. It's 737 minutes of straight-up Nicolas Cage films. And if that's, you know, the Astro. And if that's your... your you know, yeah, okay, I won't... Criticise people who are into that. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool thing. It's yeah. A cool thing. So what are you going to do with that man? I'm going hunting. So what you hunting? It's crazy evil. Um, speaking of a special event, Sign of the Times, a themed uh, Prince Night at the Astor. Yes, that's yeah. wonderful. Um, yeah. We squealed at that one. That's yeah. very exciting. Because was... I have seen that film like maybe 20 years ago on a VH- VHS copy. Is that what they call video? You know, yeah. tape, yeah, video yeah, yeah, tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was quite worn out, so I'm very excited. For good reason, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Prince on stage and yeah. that's pretty much what we need. And it's directed by Tim Pope, who knows what to do with the musicians in front of a camera. Mm. Um, other music films include the um, Matangi Maya MIA documentary, which was a very apparently, apparently a very long time in the making about um, MIA. Um, a movie called The King, in which um, Elvis's limousine is driven around America and they kind of compare and contrast this mythology around Elvis with the reality of America. So I imagine there's a lot of material they can get through there. Um, Jessica Lesky's I Used to Be Normal, a boy band fangirl story. Um, oh, is, that looks good. It had a really fantastic trailer that yeah. a lot of people engaged with very quickly. That looks really, really interesting. And because there was also recently an article published in the Saturday paper about fandom and how it actually f- prompts critical inquiry. And like when you finish screaming at a gig, you go home and you think and you critically analyse stuff and you look at your emotions and you look at this thing that's prompting these feelings yeah. and there's actually a lot you can learn from these situations and it's being treated pretty briefly by pop culture. Uh, so that's going to be that looks like a really really interesting thing. Um, and also there's a Jimmy Barnes documentary by Mark Joffe um, that didn't feature any cultures on the trailer. That well. surprisingly moved me. 
And has almost cried, apparently. I did almost <laughs> cry in the journey. Well, it is I'm quite an interesting journey. Working class man. <laughs> yeah. I know. It is an interesting Cynicism journey. Cynicism aside, and, like, yeah. People say that his biography, autobiography is like... I've never heard a bad word about amazing. it. Amazing. Apparently so. the audiobook is even better. It sold very well. Does he narrate it? Yes. Oh, mm. I love his voice. Uh, so I'm very excited by this fashion cinema retrospective. Yep. Um, which is all... Uh, curated by Miss uh, Outgoing Artistic Director Michelle Carey. Really cool collection of films here, spotlighting fashion in various forms. I'm particularly intrigued to see The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant, which is Raina Werner Fassbinder's all-female psychodrama. So good, Anders. I love it I'm so, so much. I'm so excited. I'm so yep. excited. Petra's evening gown um, has, was like a major influence on... Madonna's yep. like famous Gautier. 19- yes, exactly. Like the pointy, pointy bra dress. Yep. Yes. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's cool. in this film. I love Fast I think this is one of the few Fast Fiction I haven't seen. It might be the last one. So I'm very excited about Whoa, that. Wow, tick that box, man. I am going to tick that box. Also, Paris is Burning. You can watch it on Netflix. So but good. you could oh. see it on a big screen. Yep. No, I haven't seen it yet. So it's fantastic. Keen right. for that too. Yep. And also, McQueen. Yes. This really interesting. Looking documentary. Yeah, it came out two weeks ago in the UK. Really positive reviews already. They're very strong. And also I'm very keen to see the Vivian Westwood documentary because she is such a fascinating creature. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this strand work. really excites me. Actually. It actually yeah. is really. I mean, this is good programming. I mean, yeah. very, very good. The women are also Joan really Crawford. nice, different layout on the page. Yeah. Just you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morocco. You've got Morocco yeah. with Marlene Dietrich and her famous tux. Um, mm. You have the women with Joan Crawford. They're, this wild style documentary which looks really interesting, yeah, particularly is... as I've just seen the Jean Michel Basquiat documentary. Oh, yeah, Acme. yeah, that's precisely. It reminded yeah. me of that too. Yeah, same yeah. exact same um, cultural milieu, yep. um, which is really cool. And Picnic and Hang Rock, uh, Peter Weir's film is in there too. So, look, isn't that a wonderfully curated? Program like props to you, Michelle Carey, yeah, for nice one. bringing all these films together. Yeah, hats off. In why I mean, I could very hear, nice hats off. I would happily just watch films from this sidebar. Me too. And I am not a fashionista. No, nor am I. I'm an and aspiring fashionista. <laughs> so. um, fashionista <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> he was a sweet boy from the East End. I wasn't very good at school. I was always drawing clothes in science, in biology. He's got nothing, and yet he was determined this is what he was going to do. I bought all my fabrics with my doll money. And what was that East End job used as a needle? People in the industry say, I discovered Alexander McQueen. Alexander McQueen discovered himself. Um, there was a lot of fuss given to our new president, which is the rise of Donald Trump through purely through Russian media. That's interesting. Purely through Russian yes. uh, yeah. propaganda and social media, YouTube videos, this documentary collage image of Donald Trump. Is that interesting? Particularly in light of literally today that New York Magazine article by Jonathan Chait, which uh, connects all of Donald Trump's many, 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 many many Russian connections. Like so min- this, there's many. Yeah. Well, the, the thing I think is like, is that film not going to be dated from within about five minutes of being finished and sent and emailed? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. anyway, I'm, yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently it's really great. It looks bizarre. I, look, I'm a massive Frederick Wiseman yeah. fan. Who Aren't isn't? You, JDM? I am indeed. So that's definitely the top of my list from the documentaries is his Ex Libris, uh, his documentary on the New York Public Library. Which comes in really at a brief 197 minutes for him. Mm, pithy. Oh, isn't it? 
That's short. Yeah, that well. I remember his wonderful film uh, about Jackson Heights at Berkeley. Yes, in, well, both. Yeah. Both. So I mean, if you're not familiar with Frederick Weisman, he's uh, he just sort of looks at American institutions or communities or whatever, and does these really long, quite long, but really beautiful uh, sort of observational documentary portraits. No narration. Just like scenes yeah. of how these institutions work. work. So now we're looking at how the New York Public Library works. And I, his films, honestly, I mean, they changed my life. He's amazing. He's yeah. an, a fantastic filmmaker. And, you know, a film festival is an ideal place to see his films because they are long and, you know, you, there are moments where you get bored or whatever. And the good thing about seeing yeah. them in a film festival is that it takes a lot to to not you know if you're watching it at home you can very easily yeah, pause it they're really it an experience yeah. and I think um, you get into a zone with them it's sort of um, like you know you watch you get once you you hit past the first hour it's like you're running a marathon you just keep going and then you don't want them to stop I know and then you get the you runners high and yeah. you're like oh my god yeah. yes deconstruct America <laughs> for me Frederick for the keep rest of on my life. deconstructing please yeah. deconstruct Deconstruct this institution, that institution. Yeah. If you can think of an institution, he's probably deconstructed. I mean, he's done other institutions. He did the National Gallery in uh, London. Yeah, and yeah that's great. He also did the Paris Ballet, which is a great um, documentary. But his American ones are particularly profound. What I took for granted is the importance of the public value of what we do. We do mind-building, soul-affirming, life-saving work. For me, libraries are not about books. That's a lot of people think that it's a storage space for books. No, libraries are about people. Uh, he won an honorary Oscar last year, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, and uh, just uh, this is a completely random aside, but if you find yourself in love with Frederick Meisner and you're like, oh my God, how do I watch more of his beautiful cinematic deconstructions of institutions, you can find a lot of them on Canopy, mm. which is the free film streaming service that you are. Uh, if you're a member of a library, you're most probably a member of. So Canopy with a K, look into that because all of his films are up there and they're free. And we are not sponsored by them in any way. No, we're not sponsored. No, that's, um, a other documentaries, that's a good... Other documentary <laughs> providers are available, they, such they as Docplay and various movie. other things. And uh, movies, <laughs> so, yeah, perfect example. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's what look, top if you're, of my list. If you're a listener and you're curious about life generally, you're going to find something to like about Wiseman. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no two ways about it. Like it's exactly. just it's such a fantastic example of cinema as a vehicle for learning and... Satisfying curiosity. That's brilliant. Um, But probably the the documentary that's going to get the most attention out of the whole slate is Three Identical Strangers, which is Tim Wardle's story about three male triplets who were separated at birth. So this is like a version of The Parent Trap, but in real life, but they're not as cute or Disney-ish. So it's (laughs) also, it seems quite traumatic. And every review that I've heard so far is like, the story is incredible. The film is actually kind of ordinary. Like, uh, well, right. see, I'm calling it as this year's version of the Wolf Pack. The, I was going to say the Wolf Pack. Very tickled. Good, very good call. Yeah, Both. like yeah. amazing story film, eh, but yeah. the sort of you know hipster myth crowd who will like get will their be all, will, will over be all over it. it. Yeah. All over it. I'm all over it. I want to see it. Yeah, Screening it at the comedy theatre. I include myself in that. <laughs> <hipster myth. laughs> okay, maybe Thank I'll you for that for qualification. Surely the, th- surely the three of us are most keen to see the eyes of Orson Welles. Of course, it's the Mark Cousins. By Mark Hi. Cousins. He's had unprecedented access apparently to correspondence, photographs and other paraphernalia. Yeah, well, I'm very keen to see the uh, voice of Mark Cousins. Yes. I, I love his voice. <laughs> I love his voice. Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> 
He's, but do uh, you? Orson Welles. He does have a great accent. Yeah. I got unprecedented accent. <laughs> Orson Welles. He's one That's of the greatest right. filmmakers of all time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, Joe, why should we be excited about this film? Well, just be, because, well, apart from Mark Cousins' voice, um, just the, the level of detail he goes into when he's investigating any subject. So, his documentary, The Story of Film, is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's true. And he seems to come at things from different angles. And also Orson Welles is just a bloody legend, you know. He's amazing. And I've got a biography or two about him sitting on my bookshelf that I still haven't read. So this will be good. This will be good impetus for me to reinvigorate my interest this, in him. Um, yeah, I'm very keen to see. I think, yeah, re- that reinvigoration is key. Interesting yeah. to see this is coming in the same year that it was announced that his long-lost film has been found. The Other Side of the Wind. The Other Side got of the Wind. snapped up by Netflix before Cannes could go. Nef- yeah. So there was back and forth and back and forth for weeks trying to get secure a single deal to be able to get Netflix to let them screen it at Cannes. Did. Didn't work out. So I haven't actually heard any feedback at all on that film. Well, but I it's mean, Bogdanovich, man. He I know. how to put a film together. Yeah. And it's interesting because in the battle between Cannes and Netflix, I think Netflix wins. Yeah. I, future, and this is the new world order within which we um, find ourselves. But um, look, this is a random aside that our listeners probably won't care about. But I realised, um, watching, reading about this Orson Welles documentary, that I look like the love child between Orson Welles and the Law and Order SVU, uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent actor. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. You like, sure you do. I do, yeah, don't yeah, I? Yeah. It's not weird. Listeners, I, let us know. I, is Anders the love child in Orson Welles and Vincent D'Onofrio? Young Vincent D'Onofrio. I think really contrary. Young Vincent D'Onofrio could get it. Yeah, totally. I late yeah. period <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio could get it too. Do you know I had someone at a train station once? She was like off her face. Sorry, this is completely random. But she was off her face. It was like nine in the morning. And she's like, you look like the Laura and Ordega. And I was like, Vincent D'Onofrio. And she's like, yes. Oh, Anders. <laughs> no, but I... Look, How did I, it make you I, feel? Take it. I, it it's makes, a great compliment. Honestly, I yeah. think I'm into it because I'm into Vincent D'Onofrio slash Orson Welles. So. Yeah. It's a win any day to win. I, okay, good. If you could be here now, your eyes would be darting, Orson. Chicago's got new ways of seeing. So your drawing and painting life had begun. It continued for 60 years. You drew everywhere you went. So there are at least a thousand of your artworks. Where are they now? Once again, the documentaries, there's so many of them that they've divided them into separate strands. So we have the history uncovered strand of um, documentaries looking at history, uncovering history. We also have a sports documentaries section, which is very interesting. Including Jeremy Sims Wayne about Wayne Gardner. Jeremy Sims being the actor? I'm assuming that's him. I don't actually know, but I'm assuming that's him. And a doco on John McEnroe, who's a fascinating tennis. And which leads us perfectly into the weird thing that that Biff ordered like launched this year, which is non non literary reviews. So in we were all provided with a beer that was inspired by this film. So Vin, um, this year, Miff have asked people who, like a brewer and a cocktail maker and an artist and a mu- music producer and a, a chef, a chef, thank you, yeah. um, to create something in response to a film. And so 
I don't, I don't think I've ever come across anything more Melbourne in my life than this idea of creating a meal to respond to a film. It's peak Melbourne. It's peak, thank you. Peak, peak Melbourne. Melbourne. Yes. So it is peak Melbourne. Like, like, how does a John McEnroe inspire your flavour of your beer? It's, is it aggressive? Is it good I mean, at what yeah, it does? It, like, is it distinctly American? Palate? Did it play rhythm guitar It causes with tantrums. They did, yeah. yeah. I saw John McEnroe yeah. play a gig with R.E.M. once. Yeah. Oh. He just joined in on Rhythm Guitar for It's the End of the World As You Know It. It was a good show. He was, he was, was, that, was that here? Yeah. At, I think I well, was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good show. They, were, they were promoting pa- Monster. Patrick Rafter was there that night too. Yeah, right. Yes, that Grant Lee Buffalo with a support yeah. act. Yeah. yeah, and then Mike Mills came out and filmed it. Anyway, sorry. Yes, Grant Lee cool. Buffalo as right. in Gilmore Girls, which brings yes. us back to f- television and film. So other films I noticed that were played at Cannes that weren't part of here were The House of Jack Built. So we don't get any lights on Trier this year. But we do get oh, some Nouré Bilge Ceylon yes. in the form of Wild Pear Tree. I love him. I know some people do not like him. But I love him I, a lot as well. I just luxuriate in his lengthy Dostoyevsky. You're going to love this film of. Because yes. this was like an 11 p.m. screening at Cannes at the end of a 10-hour yes. day yes. and you're like, holy moly, can I deal with it? And you're, the answer is yes, you can. Because yeah. it is surprisingly funny and surprisingly, like, it, the yeah, time flashes by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm it was beautiful. Fan. And almost everything was shot in the dusk. And so it's gorgeous. Um, he loves that time of day. He does. Yeah, yeah. The he'll give it the time of day. Yeah, I'll give him my time. Twilight? Time yeah. Is that what you call it? No. Yeah. That, well, that's that movie. but uh, yes. No, not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, other can examples include Lucas Don's Girl, which apparently won four awards, although I missed three of them because um, Lucas Don got a lot of attention for uh, making an ill-advised bunch of generalisations in his acceptance speech. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Is um, it cancelled? Uh, by some people he is okay. Yeah I don't know if he's officially You'll have canc- to make your mind up on your own I've cancelled him <laughs> yeah, were, Well you're right There's a lot of competition for yeah. our time So do we want to yeah. Give I, our I attention don't. to I mean, Hashtag many people film tickets here Let's uh, yeah, make okay. the most of it I'm very keen to see Like I'm always a fan of the Random little things that they do With VR and the planetarium mm. Sorry, that sounds patronising. It's not. It's really interesting. Anyway, so great to see the Full Dome Planetarium Showcase is back for another year. Get on down to uh, the Planetarium out in Spotswood. You recline in your seat. You see this crazy, trippy movies that take over your field of vision. It's great. I love it. And the virtual reality this year, very interesting, including um, an Australian film... Talu Dreamtime is now, which takes mm. um, the audience through a, um, I believe, an imagining of the Dreamtime stories of the Western Pilbara-based Nagalama. So I'm very excited about that. Cool. Um, and also slow cinema author Sai Ming Liang has made mm. a VR film, which is de- his debut yeah. foray. I think which, I want to see that. Yeah. Mm. I Last year I saw a couple of them and the creativity in virtual reality is unbelievable, like really mind-blowing. Um, also great to see local filmmaker Grant Skakluna, who made the really interesting queer noir downriver a couple of years ago. And yeah. He's right. back with a virtual reality. That's still, that's still the loudest response to any film announcement I've ever heard in the history of MIF yeah. was when Downriver was announced at the MIF program launch two years ago right. and people just lost their minds. It was it was a really interesting film. I thought there was a lot. Yeah. That's so I'm very excited to see yeah. what he does with VR, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally am very excited by Murray, which is um, uh, the Hus- 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 um, animated film from Japan, which I missed at Cannes. 
that just looks awesome. It's about a toddler struggling with the idea of a new baby being born to the family who finds a time tunnel at the bottom of the garden and then meets older versions of their family members. That looks completely brilliant. And there's also another film called Another Day of Life, which I think which mm. looks, looks very strong. I mean, the short film section, friend <clears> of the podcast, Charles Williams, can Palm Door winning All These Creatures is part of, is like leading that. Very keen to say that. I mean, it won the Palm Door for Yeah, if you didn't okay. already listen to the Cold Cap interview yeah. with Charles Williams. And Andy Hazel, you got like the first interview from the scene. Yeah, so, pre-Palm yeah. Door. So listen to that if you haven't already. Um, Three Centimeters by Lawrence Aiden also looks really, really great. And Dev Patel's filmatic debut, Home Shopper, starring Army Hammer as a guy who runs a home shopping channel, got um, a lot of lols in the room as well. I'm very And this year's accelerated program is 62% female. So hats off. Yeah, that's great news. Mm. Can I um, highlight a few things in the international program I'm a bit excited about? Definitely. So there's three films actually that um, they seem to have the same theme of kind of childhood trauma that I'm very excited for. One is called Dark River. So it's a new film by Cleo Barnard, who some people might remember directed 2013's The Selfish Giant. Yes. So this um, seems to be set on a farm and is about a woman who comes back to the farm many years later and there's an uneasy reunion between her and I think and her brother. So that um, I've been hearing about that actually for about six months or so, so I'm very keen for that. There's also The Tale from America, which is... Directed by Jennifer Fox and stars Laura Dern, which is also, um, well, they've given it the Me Too hashtag here, but it is to do with um, child, I think, child sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, But apparently is very, very powerful. And the third from that sort of group is called We the Animals, which is based on the very short novel by Justin Torres, um, which is semi autobiographical um, and stars, I can't think of his name. But Richie from Looking, the TV show. I can't think. I'm sorry. I can't think of his. Oh, uh, Raul Castillo. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, came to me, and that's about a father and a relationship between his sons. And I really loved that book when I read it. It was really visceral and quite raw and quite astonishingly powerful for something very, very thin. I think it was like 120 pages. So I'm very keen for that film. Yeah, great. I've heard amazing things about the tale. Um, that's, yeah. I think it's coming to Foxtel later this year, so please see oh, it before yeah. it goes to television because you want to see Laura Dern on a bigger screen as possible. Definitely. Every time. Uh, there are a couple of talks. Um, Ali Shawkat has already been announced as the special guest of the festival. You may know yes. her for, as Maybe from Arrested Development. And as having a small but pivotal role in 20th Century Women. Also, she anchors Life. Search Party, which oh. is a really yes. good TV Thank you. show. Thank you. I do recommend yeah. it. It's uh, like hashtag millennial, but in a good way. <laughs> yes. In a not unbearable way. Um, alongside the Cageathon, there's also um, the movie <laughs> Tampopo, which has ramen to serve to you in the cinema if you feel the need to do that at the Astor. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a, a restoration of this a 1980s film about eating, the band of a, Ronan, who like a trying to find the best ramen it's, in Japan. It's, the most, well, it's always on the top of foodie film lists ever. Myth like, is really good at its food film programming. Like, I've got to say, every year they knock that out of the park. Yeah. Um, and also there's a Here My Eyes. I don't know where, what this even means, but it's a live score to Drive. No, if you love that in film. the Regent Cinema. And tickets are on sale now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So and apparently it's got some um, new music. Oh. So... 
there's a super group or something being assembled of musicians yes. and they're performing the songs from the film. But I also read that there's some new stuff. I don't know where that's going to fit into the scheme of the movie. It's interesting. It is one of the best things about that film. Oh, absolutely. There she is. Chevy Impala. Most popular car in the state of California. No one will be looking at you. Where, where yeah. do you guys sit on the jacket, the scorpion jacket? Are you fan? Oh, I do like that. But no, I prefer the Ken of Anger jacket. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, sorry, this is completely random, but <laughs> apparently... Sorry, I'll Are you going to cross-promote another podcast? Uh, yeah. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I saw this coming How around. did you know? Because <laughs> I listened to it on the way here. Uh, yeah, so the new season of You Must Remember This is all about Ken of Anger's Hollywood yeah. Babylon, which is one of my all-time favourite books, and I could not bear to see that. Uh, fact checked, but apparently she's fact checking. <laughs> I choose. I believe. I choose to believe the. I choose to believe that Lillian Gish and her sister were in an incestuous relationship. But uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> cut that out. Is that defamatory? No. The um, that proposition has been made by Ken Anyway, it, she's fact. It's um. But it's he's like still alive. Anger, the underground yeah. filmmaker, still alive. I tried. I, I tried to interview him when I was last amazing, there, and, and he wrote this iconic book about like early Hollywood mm. gossip. Um, anyway, uh, the point of all of this is he also made an, uh, an indie film, uh, Scorpio Rising, He's which has an amazing, yeah. uh, very queer, very sexy man in beautiful bomber jackets, which film. are more beautiful than Ryan Gosling in the drive jacket is oh. the point of that entire digression. Good digression, though. Thank you. Um, if uh, Karina Longworth, you feel like mentioning Cold Cap on the next You Muffin yeah, Read This, that'd be great. Do. Please do. Which brings us to uh, a film diary, a special episode, um, because there is also other stuff as well as MIF going on. Um, the Scandinavian Film Festival runs from July 12 to 29. Highlights include Peniel Fisher Christiansen's Becoming Astrid, a film about the early years of noted author Astrid Lindgren. What Will People Say, which is Iram Haq's evocative, semi-autobiographical and multi-award winning story of a teenage girl being sent against her will from Norway to Pakistan. And the opening night film, Sigur Jonsson's Black Family Comedy, Under the Tree. You can find out more at scandinavianfilmfestival.com. Also, the Indian Film Festival Melbourne has its program launch at Hoyt's Melbourne Central this Thursday night. The IFFM has already announced a showcase of Shashi Kapoor, which is, who is India's answers to Roger Moore, alongside its mix of classics, Bollywood films and new releases such as Tabrez Nurani's Love, Sonia. The IFFM is running from throughout MIF for some bizarre reason from August 10 to 22. You can find out more at iffm.com.au. And that brings us to the end of this Renegade podcast recording. Uh, before we go, Andy Hazel, if you had to pick one film from the program that you're dying to see, <coughs> what would it be? That's Sorry a tough to put one you on because um, do it. Well, I would go Happy as Lazaro, but I would also be extremely excited to see um, a film about Frank Sidebottom, which is a documentary in the in the film in the music documentary section. If anyone saw the movie Frank, in which Michael Fassbender walked mm. around with a large hat and um, fake head on his head. Um, I'm very keen to see the true story of Frank Sidebottom, who was an erstwhile member of the Manchester music scene in the 1980s, but that's just me. How about you, J- JDM? Cool. Uh, yeah, I've got about six, but I think I'm going to say First Reformed, Paul Schrader's movie. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, which was one of the early announcements. Because announce- of Ethan Hawke? No, it's not because of Ethan Hawke. It's because I really like Paul Schrader's films. The Canyons? 
uh, not that one. <laughs> and I do, I do really. <laughs> I li- like that one. I do Although really like Ethan Hawke. Like. I think he's become quite an exceptional actor. He's enigmatic. I find him fascinating. His decisions, he's a, he's he choo- the things he chooses yeah. to make, always interesting. Yeah, he's never been in a blockbuster, I don't think. And yeah, he's just great. And this just looks amazing. And I'm excited. It's mm. the first thing I was excited about, and I remain excited. Anders. Uh, single me, it out. It again. This is tough, but I have to single out. Lynn Ramsey's "You Were Never Really Here." I'm very excited to say that. You're not alone, and not at the comedy theatre. Yeah, first <laughs> reformed, also not screening at the comedy theatre. <laughs> hey, win. Well, thank you very much for joining us, JDM. Yes, thank Where you. My pleasure. Where can we find you online? You can find me at Twitter at Joanna Dimitia, and you could also read some of my writing at my. Uh, site which is in a lonely place film.com yeah. um you can find me on twitter at anders furs and i'm at andy ricky and also with before we go i should also not forget to do a shout out to the italian crime retrospective oh yeah it's also happening at MIF, which of features course, yes. the violent four and investigation of a citizen above suspicion and the new film let the corpses tan helene catet and bruno Foz- so many movies these look awesome so many. So, movies. if you think you know Giallo and that's going to be enough to cover your Italian crime, no, there's a whole world out there, and there's a sliver of that coming through to me in the form of these this mm. section of the retrospective. I mean, this is the biggest uh, festival they've ever run. Yeah, so you will films. find me there, but online yeah. I'm at Andy Ricky, and you can find all of us at yeah. the Cult Cap Pod, both on Twitter and Cultural Capital Podcast on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.